Hello, my friends. Welcome to the Running is Life podcast. My name is Coach Aaron Saft, and I am still under the weather. I felt good for about two days, and then I got sick again. So um, again, my apologies for my croaky voice. Uh, it's not much different than my usual voice, but <clears throat> you know, again, I'll probably be coughing a little bit. I'll be sipping on tea, so I apologize for the extraneous noises. But hopefully you can enjoy this podcast. Um, in the past, um, I, I've gotten a lot of feedback that it's been helpful when I kind of go through uh, an overview of what I'm doing and why. And I thought this would be a good episode to kind of talk about my breakdown of my own personal training for Hellbender 100. Now, I am coaching myself on this one, um, just going back to basics. Uh, and applying my knowledge and, you know, obviously um, my <laughs> my experience um, to my own training, um, which this could have obviously blow up in my face, <laughs> but uh, I'm pretty confident that I've got a good handle on my own training um, and especially on Hellbender itself. Um, for those unfamiliar with the Hellbender 100, it is a local-to-me race here in Western North Carolina, which I helped create. Um, and I'm going to talk about how that comes into play here in a little bit. But it is 100 miles. It is about anywhere between 23 to 25,000 feet of vertical gain. Um, it is some very technical single track and um, some good, easy portions on service road. Uh, the vast majority of the climbing come in the front half of the course. There's a little bit left in the back half, but nothing like the front half. The front half is definitely the toughest part of this course. Um, for those familiar with uh, with Hellbender, um, you all know that here in Western North Carolina, the weather could be anything <laughs> from, um, you know, even on the same day, it could be um, 70s in the lower elevations. And this race goes up to the summit of Mount Mitchell, highest peak on the East Coast, east of the Mississippi. Uh, at over 6,000 feet. So we could face temperatures anywhere. Um, you know, I've set up for this race in the past where we've already had snow or still had snow on the ground. Thankfully, by race day, it had melted off. But uh, weather could be anything, hail, snow, sleet, rain, sun, heat, <laughs> cold. So uh, this is one race where you just really have to be um, prepared. So, um, you know, with that, I've already started dialing in my gear, um, probably save that gear for, for another episode. Um, but I really have a good feel for, you know, what I'll need and, you know, what I have, um, I'm feeling like, uh, what I have is going to suffice. So, um, pretty happy about that piece, but we can talk about gear in another one. This one is, um, about training. So, um, want to kind of give you an overview as to what's going on, what I'm thinking, um, and how I set this up. So um, that said, I have, at the time of this recording, I'm recording this on December 6th of 2023. Um, this is the day before the podcast actually releases. At this time, I have about 22 weeks until race day. So plenty of time. Uh, right now, I am in the base phase of training uh, to kind of give you guys a little bit more background as to what's going on. Um, <clears throat> the last two weeks have been very rough on me. Uh, I hurt my back at track practice. <laughs> I was lifting a plyometric um, box made of plywood. I, it put me in an awkward position to make the lift, and I threw out my back. 
which my my wife was pretty concerned. She thought I may have done some some damage, possibly herniated the disc. Uh, but thankfully, that resolved quickly. Uh, I was able to resolve that and and get back to to pain free rather quickly. So I'm, I'm hoping there's no permanent damage there. Um, but that said, as I was healing, I got sick. <laughs> um, I don't often get too sick. Uh, but this one really knocked me down. I had low energy, um, fevers, uh, coughing, congestion, all the good stuff, you know, um, minus a sore throat. And um, so it threw me back. Um, I'm, I'm looking at my training peaks log now. That entire week, um, I basically didn't run until, um, until Friday. And um, uh so it was a very low volume week. Um, that was the week I hurt my back. And then actually, let me, let me go back here. I hurt my back. And so I missed four days of running, um, actually a little bit more than that. And then got some running in, uh, back was doing well. I got a long run in on November 26th, um, about 16 miles. I, you know, I didn't feel great that day. Heart rate was kind of all over the place. If I'm honest with myself, I really didn't do a good job of monitoring my heart rate. I was running pretty hard. Um, and that was due to a number of reasons, no excuses, but, um, not a great long run. And then the next day is when I came down with, um, whatever virus I had, it was not Corona thankfully. Um, but, uh, I did get sick that week, took me till about Sunday to, to run again. So another week, um, and then I just kept it easy. Zone two, um, stayed on the treadmill just to kind of control the environment and the variables, making sure I wasn't going to get sick again. Uh, and then the, the days leading up to today, I just did another hour easy each day. So I had three days, an hour easy, stayed in zone two, on the treadmill, one and a half percent incline, just controlling everything I could. And yesterday, Tuesday, I started feeling sick again. Uh, woke up this morning. Um, my, uh, my throat was super swollen. I was really, I actually couldn't talk. I was worried that I wouldn't be able to record this podcast. Um, <clears throat> still a bit strained and you can hear the congestion, but much better. I've been drinking my tea. Um, my wife put me on some, um, ibuprofen and Zycam, you know, she's being a family doctor. Um, so we're, we're trying to control the variables. I tested again. It is not COVID thankfully. Um, my energy levels actually feel pretty good. Um, questioning whether I should run today or just take a day off and see if I get healthier. Uh, I'm going to defer to my wife uh, as to what that will look like. So um, uh, the base phase obviously has not been ideal. <laughs> um, next week, I am supposed to start fartlek runs and tempo runs. Um, in this kind of base phase, I was just trying to, to get some strides in. I only got one set of strides in due to the back injury and the illness. So that's kind of put me behind my original schedule. The good thing about running is that we can revise. So, um, I'm going to try to get healthy, get back on my feet, uh, keep plugging away at zone two, kind of grow and continue to do strides. I think my fartlek runs will become just short strides, 20 to 30 seconds, and that will be my, my fartlek for now as I continue to grow. Um, 
So, um, yeah, so instead of starting my fart licks and tempos next week, um, which will be a part of the base phase, I've talked about base phase in the past, um, really in this phase, uh, you know, you want to do a vast majority of your runs in zone two, um, mixture of zone three had a great question come in from Keith. Uh, and Keith, I'm going to answer your question at the end of the podcast here. Um, but it, it pertains to running zone two and zone three and how much should we do? It's a great question. So I'll, I'll expound upon that at the end of this episode. Um, but instead of getting into fartlicks and tempos next week, I'm going to continue as long as my health allows me to, to just do some strides for the time being. Um, and then, um, I'm also going to talk about what races I have in my build. I've kind of talked about those in the past, but, um, I'm going to talk about where they fall in the, uh, the lineup and how much time I have in between and why I chose those distances. So I'll get to that in a moment. Um, so the fartlek and tempos that kind of would conclude, um, the week of January 1st. Um, that's the first week, um, that or the last week of that phase it's about a four week block um you know typically just kind of trying to grow into the next phase so trying to set myself up uh for the next um the next block of training which is the short interval phase okay short intervals or peak vo2 um, I don't like to get above about 90% maximum heart rate on those intervals. Uh, they'll most likely be short hill repeats. Um, two minutes is probably the short end of them. Three minutes probably being the high end of them, seeing how things go. Um, not going to spend too much time in that block. Uh, most likely three to four weeks, depending on how things go. That is the highest uh, likelihood of getting injured for me is the high intensity intervals because of the intensity of the intervals and what it does to the body. Uh, we don't want to increase volume during that time. So that time, you know, will be a lower volume for me. Um, you know, not trying to increase the, uh, the long runs or anything because you don't want to increase uh, the amount of fatigue based on the amount of intensity that you're doing. You don't want to increase the intensity and the volume at the same time uh, or the, the high intensity. If you're doing high intensity like peak VO2 work, not the time to raise your volume. So I will not be increasing volume during that time, uh, most likely just being conservative, um, especially you know the days thereafter a workout. Um, in my past, I've done two high intensity workouts or two peak VO2 workouts in a week as an aging athlete, um, being 46 now, um, I've decreased that intensity to, um, once a week. So one peak VO2 workout a week and perhaps a set of hill strides to, um, accompany it. Uh, but you know, the, the days of me working out Tuesday, Friday, um, are something of the past. My body just doesn't seem to recover like it used to. Um, these workouts typically take about 48 hours to clear. So that is a lot of time, uh, in which I'll spend those runs primarily in, uh, zone two to recover. So, um, Keith, you're probably filling in some of the gaps here. It depends on, you know, some of what the other workouts look like in your week as to how much Z, um, you know, zone two running you should do. Um, this phase is very important to, you know, to add a lot of Z two running, 
uh, as uh, you know, as a, as a way to recover and um, and flush the muscles out. There's a you know a lot going on in the body, so we don't want to overdo it, and that's why Z2 is great in this phase. So that would be um, January 8th through February 4th would be the short interval phase. And then uh, January 5th would begin the long interval phase. Um, long interval phase is five weeks. <coughs> this is your threshold running, okay? Zone four, 80 to 85% maximum heart rate for these intervals. Um, you know, again, just like in the short interval phase being hill repeats, um, long interval phase, we will see a lot of hill repeats, a lot of long uphills, um, some up and down intervals. Everything is replicating Hellbender. All of these inter- intervals represent or um, or complement the Hellbender course, right? So you know we're we're doing them on climbs, we're doing them on descents, we're doing them on single track, we're doing them on fire roads, replicating the course best we can. Now during the week, it's difficult for me to get over to the Hellbender course. On the weekends, I plan on doing a majority of my long runs, especially my long long runs on the Hellbender course itself to, you know, to become familiar with the trails, uh, to, you know, just to get some, some, um, some on-course training, which is ideal, right? We want to replicate the course the best we can. So when I'm not over on the Hellbender course, I'll be replicating them um, near me the, you know, the best I can, be it on uh, climbs, dirt roads, single track. Again, you know, we're, we're, when I do these types of intervals, both short and long intervals, I'm replicating my goal race the best I can. So long interval phase. Now with long intervals, they, they you know, typically take about 24 hours to recover from. These you can do, uh, or at least I can do more, um, you know, two workouts a week. Some people can squeeze in three workouts a week, um, and in these, uh, these, these threshold intervals, I, I found that it's, you know, it's, it just depends on how my body recovers. Um, during this time, instead of doing perhaps two long interval sessions, I would do one long interval session and a progression run. Um, progression runs are great during this time. I've done, you know, an episode in the past on progression runs, just basically, you know, kind of gradually increasing the effort over the course of the run. Um, you know, finishing in about 80 to 85% maximum heart rate. Um, so, this is kind of that time to implement those. Okay. Um, and then, so the February 5th to the March 10th, that's the long interval phase. Um, okay. To start to progress volume here because the intensity is lower. Um, so, you know, I will start to build some of my long runs up a little bit more here. Um, both in the short and long interval phase, I do have races. Again, I'll talk about those in a moment. Uh, which brings us to March 11th. March 11th will begin the maximum volume phase. I do have a race during this um, uh, block as well. And um, the maximum volume phase for me will, will be just that. It'll be volume of time. Uh, in the past, I've tried to train by, um, by mileage. Uh, that's what I came from in my collegiate background was mileage. Uh, marathon training was mileage. So it was very hard for me to break that mindset. But my most successful training blocks in ultra have come from when I just put time on feet and not focus on the mileage. Um, I may have a course and say, I'm going to do this course and however long that takes me you know, um, that's, that's what that long run will be, but that's kind of a planned big day. Right. So, um, but typically my long runs are going to be, um, up to four hours, 
um, maybe five hours. Uh, of course, like I said, there'll be other days where um, I'm going to be shooting for um, running a specific, you know, uh, course. Uh, and that may be, you know, whatever the distance may be for that course. But, um, you know, the reality is that the volume when I do by, um, by time, it's much easier for my body to recover because running by mileage, especially on the hellbender course may take me a lot longer than I anticipate. And by, you know, going too much longer, then it just forces more recovery. So instead of focusing on the distance in which, you know, the body really understands how much time you've been on there, how much stress that time has, um, has put on the, the body, then, you know, I need to adjust. And by just doing time, it allows me to, um, to get out there, um, go for an amount of time. I can pretty much, um, you know, forecast how long that's going to take to recover and build my schedule for the following based on, you know, those, those predictions. Uh, the great thing about training myself is I can make adjustments on the fly. If I'm not feeling it, I can just back off, um, which I love. And then, um, you know, we're looking at those. I, I typically in my my big volume weeks for hundred milers, I'm averaging somewhere thirteen to fifteen hours of running a week. That's kind of the the high volume for me. Uh, what does that look like for mileage? Again, that's going to vary depending on how much um, vertical gain I get. Um, during max volume phase, this is uh, prime time to be doing some. Um, you know, incline hiking, getting the legs used to the climbing. Um, I'm, I'm going to go out. Um, a lot of my athletes use a local climb that uh, we do repeats up and over and back. It's um, <laughs> it's uh, a significant, significant climb and descent. So I'll be incorporating that at least once a week. I hope to get up there twice a week, time permitting uh, to do so. It just depends on the schedule and you know my availability to go up there and do it. it takes a little bit to drive there, but um, want to kind of incorporate that at least once a week to to get the up down practice in hiking. Um, so, you know, we can get some really good vertical gain pretty close by. So, um, looking forward to taking advantage of that during the maximum volume phase, the maximum volume phase, just as we've been doing with the intervals, of course, it is time to replicate the hellbender course best we can. And that's the time where each weekend I want to find myself on the hellbender course, running my long runs, perhaps a back to back effort on the course itself. Um, is, you know, is the, the difficult thing is, uh, of course that I coach track and we do have weekend meets. So, um, you know, the, the Sundays may become my, um, my only day that I can get out there just pending on, on the schedule for track. So, so, um, with that said, um, you know, we don't want to neglect, um, turnover, um, and you know, our, our threshold system typically, we go from least specific to most specific, and that's why I've started with the short intervals, the short hill repeats, the strides. That is the least specific towards our goal of 100 miles, right? It is the the systems that um, are um, not as idealistic to train 
we want to make sure that the the more relevant systems like the the threshold and obviously our aerobic endurance capacity are worked ladder into the the training schedule and that's why it's set up this way um, to be most specific at the closest to the, the the event the most relevant training closer to the event um, so and then I have a taper set um, I've got about a two week taper uh, obviously that can be adjusted depending on how I feel, but hopefully I'm in, I'm in good shape. I don't need too much of a taper, but, uh, I do have a two week taper that would start on, uh, April 26th race day is May 10th. Um, so that's how the, the overview of my training looks. That's what I'll be doing in those phases. Um, and I talked about, you know, uh, running in volume versus, um, uh, the mileage. I'll also, um, I, I try to train as much as I can by heart rate. Um, not everybody can do that, especially on the trails, very tough to control heart rate on the trails and can drive people nuts. Um, you know, I am going to do my best, uh, to, to, you know, to abide by, by heart rate. Uh, it seems to do really well for me and keeps me um, in a, a very recovered state or not needing to recover too much as long as I'm abiding by the heart rate prescribed for the run. Um, uh, you know, I prescribe a lot of my athletes, especially my ultra athletes in uh, rating of perceived exertion or RPE uh, just so they can go off a of feel. Uh, but that heart rate metric really does give me that kind of um, – you know, advantage of knowing exactly where I'm at, what is my body doing, how am I doing at a, a, at a, at a particular heart rate. So again, I'm going to touch on um, how much we should be running in zone two and zone three here at the end of the podcast. But um, I want to kind of talk about um, the races. That was the next thing I wanted to, to talk about. So um Right now, as of right now, uh, I am set to run the South Mountains Half Marathon on January 7th, okay? Only a few weeks away from that. So I got one, two, three, four, oh, one, two, yeah, I have four weeks uh, till the South Mountains Half Marathon. Am I expecting a lot of out of that race? I am not. Uh, I am not in the shape that I would hope to be in at this point. Um, but I'm okay with it just being, uh, you know, going out there and doing it as a long run. Um, and not worrying about what the performance is at this point. Um, just want to get out on the trail, you know, get into race situation, get that mindset, even though it's, it's a half marathon, much shorter than what I'm used to racing. Um, I, you know, I, I enjoy racing all distances and it would just be good to get out there, um, and experience a race, kind of get into that mindset, um, get into race day mode, start practicing everything, you know, the day before, uh, the day of like all of the, the, you know, parts that come along with, uh, preparing for a race. So, um, just kind of a tune up. It's definitely a C race for me, a C goal race. Um, I have, you know, like I said, I have no expectations for this one other than just to finish and have a good time. Um, some of my friends are going to go race it. And, you know, I, I know I get competitive with my friends. Um, but uh, again, I have to take the mindset that uh, this is just a stepping stone. And I haven't had the the training I'd hoped to at this point, but we'll, we'll make do with what it is and, um, and obviously go for it. 
the the next race after that, I tried to space out my racing by at least five weeks. So uh, the next race I have is February 17th. That is one, two, three, four, five, six. That is six weeks after the uh, South Mountains Half Marathon. And that would be the Cabin Fever 50K in uh, New River Gorge, West Virginia. Super excited for this race. Um, I've never raced in the New River Valley Gorge. I have raced in West Virginia, but I've never raced in the New, New River Valley Gorge. It is on the Rim to River 100-mile course, which is super exciting. Um, race picks show snow, which makes me even more excited, a little bit giddy, I'll be honest. Uh, but again, just looking to go out there and uh, and get you know kind of get into the mix and run a solid race. Um, I'd like to be a little bit more competitive, a little bit more um, uh, engaged in this race, uh, keeping in mind that I'm just coming off the short interval phase and my volume isn't extremely high during that phase, as I described, then, you know, I have to also recognize that I'm not in great endurance shape. Uh, obviously I have years of experience and I rely on that for my endurance. I can definitely, you know, get through a 50 K how well was to be determined. Um, you know, you can definitely boost your fitness in that short interval phase. Uh, but again, you know, it's, it's not a huge endurance. So why, why do a 50 K? Well, um, that's a good question. Uh, and to answer that, I would just say that it's, um, it's, you know, part of the, now it's going to be part of the long interval phase. Um, it is a great benchmark distance in that, um, in that build. Uh, so, uh, you know, basically I'm looking in the rears and seeing that the next race after that is going to be the heartbreaker 50 miler, which is one, two, three, four, five, five weeks after the cabin fever 50 K. Um, so, uh, just kind of trying to make sure I'm on the right path, uh, to success and, um, you know, just get another race in there. I'm eager to race. Uh, the past few years, I haven't been able to race much. Uh, that said, of course, yes, I just did the Grand Slam, which was four big 100 milers. And the year before that was the Bigfoot 200. So, uh, you know, I've had some huge races, uh, but, you know, I haven't been able to do the lower distances. And I'm actually eager to, to do these again and not overdo it by spacing them out. Um, yes, I'm, um, you know, I'm, I'm able to kind of, um, do these races, uh, you know, the, the half marathon shouldn't take much out of me. Uh, the 50 K will definitely take a little bit and, and, you know, perhaps take, uh, that following week, uh, away from workouts as I recover from that one. Definitely want to make sure that I'm recovering, uh, and not getting injured. So, um, you know, of course, you know, if, if I'm even the slightest bit you know, worried about injury, I can pull out and that's not the, the worst thing in the world. But March 23rd, um, it's, uh, uh, March 23rd is the heartbreaker 50 miler, um, that is on the hellbender course. Uh, I'm so excited, you know, for that one as very specific, uh, be a great weekend, uh, to, you know, to, to explore the course. Um, my kids start spring break that weekend. So uh, my goal is to get that one done and, uh, and, and enjoy some, some time with my family, um, it's, uh, you know, uh, it's, it's just very specific to, to Hellbender, a perfect tune-up race at the perfect time because we have uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven weeks uh, to Hellbender. Um, you know, again, you know, I'm shooting for five to six weeks in between races. These races lined up really well, grew into the next event. Um, you know, all are very mountainous, uh, single track and uh, replicate um, the hellbender course very well. 
and so that's another reason why I chose them. Uh, you know, it just keeps graduating into the next distance. It's um, enough time in between to recover. So, uh, you know, if if I could have found a uh, a marathon, perhaps a marathon would have been better rather than cabin fever. But um, stepping up just slightly in distance, just because I feel comfortable with the, uh, uh, you know, knowing that I can cover 50k. It's how well can I cover that 50k? Um, so. Um, again, you know, is it, um, is it ideal? Maybe not. Um, but it's, it, you know, it's solid. It will get me, um, moving in the direction that I want to go in my training. And again, if, if, if I'm not moving in the you know, direction that I want to go, I just need to adjust, you know, I, I can pull out of any race, um, or change it if I feel that I'm just not there. And then of course, Hellbender being May 10th. Okay. So, um, the goal for Hellbender. Um, so I talked a little bit earlier, you know, this race, uh, is one that I helped start. Um, and I am just ever since I started this and the buckle came out, I've always wanted to, to do this race. Um, obviously it's close to my heart. It's near and dear to me. Um, it is a part of this community now and it just, uh, I can't tell you how much I just want to be out there, see the volunteers and see the course. Uh, so this one, it really is personal. Um, kind of get a little bit <laughs> emotional as I usually do. Um, even just talking about it. Um, so, uh, I, I, I have my why and <laughs> my why is huge. Um, I'm just, whether I feel awful or feel good, I'm going to smile the whole time because I'm there. I'm out on the course. I'm participating in the event that I help start. Um, so, you know, that's, that's going to be, uh, deeply ingrained into my, my thoughts and my actions out on race day. Um, so my, there's my why, um, on, um, onto the goals. Uh, I have a little bit of ambitious goal. Um, it's going to be, um, it's going to be kind of crazy. Now Hellbender starts at 4:30 AM on Friday. Um, at 11 a.m. on Saturday, we have our state qualifier outdoor track meet at AC Reynolds, which is local to us, thankfully. But I'm going to try to finish <laughs> um, before the meet starts so I can get there and be there for the kids. That's my goal. <laughs> so a goal is sub 24 hours. I would love to get back under 24 hours. I'm doing everything in my capacity to do so. And I'm going to talk about the ancillary things that I'm doing in just a moment with the team that I've created around me to help me achieve this goal. So sub 24 hours is my a goal. And my B goal is sub 27 hours. That will still put me, um, <laughs> uh, and I could even be a little bit slower than that. Uh, that will put me with enough time to spare to get to AC Reynolds for the track meet. Um, and then C goal is just to finish. Um, now I hope that I can just get it done and get to the, the meet on time. As we know with hundred milers, things don't always go to plan. Um, so, um, I'm going to do everything in my power, um, to, to, you know, to make sure things go as well as they can so that I can get to the finish line. So here's what I've done. I've created a team around me to help me achieve these goals. Um, now, um, you know, my, 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 one of my great friends, Nathan Franz, who is with me, uh, pacing me through all of the grand slam and crewing for me, he is going to actually race as well. So we hope to do this together, um, start to finish. Now, 
Uh, we all know yeah, him and I did a 50 miler in uh, the spring of last year, and I turned my ankle and let Nathan go on. I caught back up, um, and then I was feeling good, and he wasn't. So we we all ebb and flow. So um, I don't know how this is something you know we need to discuss. Is if he's having a great day and I, I just let him go, or vice versa, um, you know we need to discuss that and be okay with that as well. But um, you know Nathan and I plan to do um, a lot of training together. Um, I've got a few other athletes that are training for Hellbender, and um, we're going to share some long runs out on the course together. It'll be just nice to to spend time training with others and being out on the course together. Um, so, you know, that's, that's great to have training partners, um, and they're all training for the same race, um, with our own individual goals, but, you know, again, being out there together and sharing those miles would be fantastic. I look forward to that. Um, as always, I have my physical therapist, Miriam Saloom, uh, from the runner's mechanic. She is wonderful. Um, if I run into problems, I definitely go to her. Um, my wife, of course, Dr. Beth Saft. She is amazing. She's the one that tells me I need to go see Miriam. <laughs> so between the two of them, um, that will take care of my, my health, which uh, I'm, I'm so pleased to have the both of them on my team. Um, I've hired strength coach Will Franz. Um, Will is, uh, he's amazing at what he does. Uh, we spent about an hour going through functional movement screening. And based on that, Will came up with a two day a week program for me to, um, to work with. Um, now because of my back and my illness, I haven't been able to get that started, but that's the piece that I'm incorporating. As soon as my health returns, I will be incorporating twice a week. And then we meet, um, as frequently as needed in order to revamp, the, uh, the exercises that we're doing, um, as I grow in strength and mobility. So Will is a welcome addition, you know, to, to my training. I'm glad to have that guidance. Um, this will hopefully help me stave off injury. Uh, and if you want to connect with Will, he did the podcast episode with me. Um, it seems to be the most downloaded podcast episode we've had, um, was a great episode, but Will is a fantastic resource. So please reach out to him. Uh, for, for your strength training. Um, and he's also a run coach as well. So ha- does some great things. Um, so look, look up will, um, I've also, you know, obviously I've included, included, um, Meredith Terranova on my nutrition pieces. Uh, we did a podcast together and talked about all of my, um, failures <laughs> in nutrition and I've been working on them diligently to lose weight, um, to kind of get back to what is, um, a good race weight for me. Uh, I felt that through the grand slam, I was just carrying too much weight and, uh, you know, it, it was really sacrificing my time, um, and my enjoyment. So, um, working very diligently on decreasing my weight again, um, and getting back down to, um, a weight that is sustainable for me and, you know, will help me on the course and to achieve my goals. So I've been, you know, meeting with, uh, Meredith, not only about my daily nutrition, but about what I should be doing for my in run nutrition. We have a good plan. We simplified it. It's wonderful. Um, she gave me a bunch of ideas to try and see what works. So I went on to the feed. I placed a rather large order, but um, I'll have a ton of that stuff coming so that as I get back into my long runs here, as my health gets better, then I will be able to, to you know, kind of um, just take notes and see what I liked, what I didn't like, what worked, what didn't work. And we can adjust based on that. So Meredith has been a very welcome addition to my, to my team. 
And finally, um, my crew chief is going to be Teresa Bowser. Um, she's wonderful. Um, so positive, uh, got to crew and pace with her for Natalie Daniels, uh, GML 200. And, uh, wow, it's, I'm, I'm really, really honored that she said yes to help come crew me and, uh, be my crew chief. Uh, we'll, you know, we'll kind of see, um, what, what the plan looks like. Um, if Nathan and I can do this whole thing together, obviously we won't need pacers. Um, and I'm okay if, uh, if we just say, you know, it's just going to be the two of us not worrying about pacers and we just have two people, uh, crewing us. And if they need to split apart because one person goes on, then they can do so. So we're going to talk about that piece, um, as you know, as we progress here, um, but super happy to have her board on board for crew chief. Uh, my wife would normally do that job, but, um, my son is going to be trying for state quals that Saturday. So she wants to be around to make sure that he's taken care of and he's all set, which is exactly what she should be doing. So, um, but, um, that's, that's going to be my team. Uh, not to say there won't be others that, that come in and be a big part of this. Um, but you know, that's, that's who's, uh, who part of this crazy, crazy idea. And we'll be, you know, kind of, uh, kind of working through it together. So I'm so excited for, for Hellbender. Um, you know, I, hopefully I went into depth enough. So you guys get an idea of how I set up my races, how I set up the season, what I'm doing during the various blocks. If you have any questions, uh, this is kind of a good way that you can set up your hundred mile training. Again, you've got the outline here. That's the skeleton, right? So then you just need to plug it in. Now, if you have questions about how to do so, or you want guidance on how to do so, I'm happy to have the conversation about coaching. That's what I do. So please, you know, reach out to me. If this sounded good to you, you're like, Hey, I kind of like that idea. Reach out. I'm happy to, to have that conversation. We'll set up a phone call, talk about it, see if we're a good fit for one another and we can get into coaching. Um, I charge 125 a month. I don't have a contract. I'm here. If you just wanted to train for your hundred miler and be done, that's totally fine. Uh, if you happen to like it and want to take a break and come back at a latter time, that's fine as well. I'm not here to, to require you to sign up for any length of time. I just want to make sure that you're getting what you need. So like I said, reach out. My contacts are in the show notes. Um, now on to, uh, Keith, Keith's question. I'm going to read the email from Keith and Keith. I really do appreciate these questions. Uh, this question and all of you, thank you for your questions. It's great having these questions coming in. Um, I love that you're engaging. So thank you. Keep them coming. I'd love to answer these questions. Um, Keith says, after watching your podcast and taking notes, you say to run regular runs and long runs at 78%, uh, heart rate max and recovery at 66 to 72%. I am currently averaging 30 to 40 miles a week doing a long run at 60 to 70% medium long run at 60 to 70 one quality workout and all the other runs 60 to 70. The thing I want to focus on more than anything is getting my heart rate lower at faster paces. With that being said, what percent of heart rate max should I run at to see the fastest benefits? Should I do all runs at 60 to 70 or do 80, uh, 78% on some runs? To stay below 70%, I'm currently around 1230 pace to 13-minute pace on pavement and around 14-minute pace on trail with little elevation. When I look at your runs, I can see you run a 930 pace at like 110 heart rate. That is amazing. 
I also listened to Running Rogue podcast and heard them say to graduate from being an aerobic baby, it takes running 30 miles a week for 68 years and running 40 miles a week, it takes three to four years. Um, I have been running for years, but just got up to the 30 mile a week mark in 2022. Also, (laughs) he asked, how does he order a beanie? (laughs) Um, We'll talk about the hats in a moment. Excuse me. All right. Um, it's a great question. Um, because yes, um, running in zone two is amazing. It does so many things for you. And I just had a huge conversation with my athletes about this. So how much zone two should you be running? And this is going to come into the phases. Okay. Um, now I just went through all of the phases of training that I am currently going to go through for hellbender. Okay. Now, in the base phase, a vast majority of your runs should be done in zone two, okay? So if you're running, let's say you're running five days a week, I would say at least three of those runs should be zone two um, and um, up to four, okay? So you're getting the most bang for your buck out of zone two, and you'll get faster and more endurance benefits from running in zone two, three to four out of the five runs per week, Okay, if you're running seven days a week, that could look like four to five days of zone two running with the other days being zone three. And as you build through your base, you can start to sprinkle in strides. Now, strides shouldn't be very long. I did a whole episode on strides, but strides are a great part of uh, actually, you know, making you faster, getting your overall paces faster because of the, the benefits that they provide. So it's not to say that during the base phase, you should only be focusing on zone two and zone three strides are a great piece. And as I noted earlier, you know, including fartlek and tempos of 80 to 85% maximum heart rate are greater later in the base phase, maybe the last four weeks of a 12 week base phase. So, um, again, during that time, Z2 is super important. Okay. So during the base phase, we're focusing primarily on Z2. I kind of talked about if you're doing peak VO2 work, peak VO2 work is not for everyone. It is, again, it is uh, a high likelihood of creating injury if done improperly. Uh, So I always caution people as to what is their goal, how are used to doing Z2 um, intervals are they? Uh, so, uh, excuse me, how used to doing high intensity intervals are they? If you're not used to doing high intensity intervals, I might say, you know, if you do plan on doing this phase, you do one workout every other week and see how that goes. Okay. Um, if you are familiar with, uh, high intensity peak VO two intervals, then perhaps, um, you know, incorporating it once a week. Um, for those of you that are super experienced, super advanced, and are not prone to injury, then um, you know, doing perhaps two workouts a week is okay. Now, those workouts, if you are running the next day, which I suggest, okay, again, we want an active recovery. Those days that follow your high intensity interval phase should be zone two. Those should be your recovery days. Recovery days should be in zone two. If you are doing a long run and you run the following day, those days should be zone two as well. Um, now the, the big thing about zone two is not only how often you do it, but for how long, the, the longer that you do in Z two, the more benefit you're going to gain from doing it in Z two. So if every once in a while you're doing a long run in zone two, that's fantastic. If you're on a trail, it could be zone two and zone three. 
a mixture of both. If you can get the percentages to where you're running perhaps 70% zone two and 30% zone three, that's fantastic for a long run. The long runs because of the duration and the time spent in zone two, that's going to magnify your training and give you the most bang for your buck. Okay, so when you do your long runs, uh, if if you can balance it that way, that's fantastic. So it's not to say that every run needs to be like that or every long run needs to be like that. Um, I am a big fan of including a medium long run as well in your week. So if you're doing uh, one medium long run and one long run and, you know, if you can do those at zone two from time to time, that's tremendous. Other times, again, try to make it, you know, maybe a good mix and it, it could even be 50, 50 zone two and zone three. Um, but the, you know, the point being that in those medium and long runs, you do not go above zone three, unless there is an in- intended workout for the long run or the medium long run. Um, so try to stay zone two and zone three in those. And again, the days that follow those, if you are running, those can be zone two days as well. Okay. So in both the, um, long interval phase, as well as in the, uh, short interval phase, let me just recap. If you do a workout the day after it should be a Z2 run. If you do a long run or a medium long run, then the day after that should be a Z2 run. If you're doing, um, you know, medium long runs and long runs in these phases, then again, it could be a good mix of Z2 and Z3. Any other run days can be in Z3. You're still getting tremendous benefit from staying 78% of maximum heart rate or the ventilatory threshold and below. Okay. So, um, there's your, your interval phases. Now, uh, in a marathoner, a marathoner may do an integration phase and integration phase is very similar to the max volume phase. It's replicating the race the best you can in marathon training. A lot of people do a lot of marathon pace, um, long runs to kind of get the mental mental benefit and the feel for the pacing. Uh, and you know, that's, that's obviously an intended workout. These, you know, these medium and long runs tend to have some kind of, um, stimulus to them that will help, uh, to, uh, to make you accustomed to, you know, your, your, uh, intended race or race distance. Now at the hundred mile distance, uh, you know, such as myself, you know, zone two is, is quite important. That's kind of our all day pace. And we have to get used to running slow much, you know, many people run way too fast all the time and don't train as fast as they're going to on race day. So we use a totally different type of muscle on race day that we're not used to because we're running too fast. When you run slower, you're, you know, your, your whole form is different. Your running form is quite different at a slower pace. So we have to get used to using those muscles. I've talked about this in the past. Running in zone two is a great way to do that. Okay. So uh, again, depending on your race distance and what you're training for, um, you know, it being, if it was up to a hundred miles, then you're, you're training in zone two quite frequently in order to get used to running much slower right? But if you're running and training for a marathon, then it's much different. Your intended long run is going to have a separate purpose in which you're not going to be running in zone two. But I would follow the rules that I set forth in running long and short intervals. I would say, you know, please work on the day after a medium long run, a long run, make those your Z2 runs. If you do a workout, make the day after a Z2 run. Again, active recovery is wonderful. Um, and what does that look like in duration on a recovery day? It really just depending on how you feel. Uh, if you're feeling super tired, take a day off. Just go for a walk. 
you know, you're, you're probably walking zone one or zone two. So that's fine. If you're not feeling too beat up, too tired, too fatigued, then, um, you know, a, a recovery run may look like 30, 35 minutes. It could be 40, 45 minutes. It could be up to an hour. You could do a split recovery run if you're really trying to increase volume. And what would that look like? Well, you could do two runs of 45 minutes in zone two. You could do two runs of an hour in zone two. You could do a three mile run in the morning and a four mile run in the afternoon. You know, obviously it's, it's really based on how you're feeling, but point being, those are the good times to do your zone two running. So when we look at, um, the overall training, when we say, you know, 80% of your training should be done in zone two and zone three, and 20% of your running should be doing the workout, which Keith, it sounds like you're, um, you're, you're, you're hitting that because you have, you know, one intense day a week. So, um, how do you break up that 80%? It's a, it's really making sure that you're using your recovery days as zone two days. That's the biggest thing. Um, the bigger efforts, again, the medium long run, the long run and your workout. If you're following the next day with a run, that's your Z2 day. Okay. In the base phase, that's when it's more important to incorporate much more zone two. Um, you'll actually make more gains in the latter phases by incorporating zone two on the right days. And then your regular runs being 78% maximum heart rate and lower. Okay. Or your zone three. So Keith, I hope that really answers your question. Um, it was a great question. Thank you for submitting that. Um, if I can answer that in any more depth, if I can be any more specific, you please let me know. Um, so thank you for that question. Once again, um, as I mentioned at the end of Keith's email, I do have, um, winter beanies, winter headbands, and a, um, a trucker hat for sale. If you check out my social media, you'll see, uh, the pictures of them posted. Uh, the, the trucker hats are $35 that includes shipping. All the prices include shipping to, uh, anywhere in the continental U S. Um, the, um, winter beanies are $24 and the headbands are 28, which seems kind of backwards. I'm not sure why the headbands cost more than, <laughs> uh, than the beanies, but such is the case. Uh, the beanies and the headbands are fleece lined. Uh, the, uh, trucker, if I could describe it, it's very similar to the duck bill hat that, um, Patagonia puts out. If you are familiar, the, uh, the brim on the hat is a bit stiffer than the duck bill from Patagonia, but the mesh on the back is very similar and it has a, a front that's made of foam, very comfortable, very lightweight. Um, probably my favorite hat that I've come out with so far. So um, once again, if you're interested, just reach out to me. You can reach out to me through anything that you see in the uh, the show notes uh, to, uh, to to get a beanie. Um, they, they are going fast, I'm, I'm very pleased to say. Um, I'm also going to be putting in an order for rabbit apparel and it will be screened with my logo. Uh, I, once again, guys, I really do appreciate the support. Um, you know, the brand is, uh, it means the world to me. Uh, you know, running as life just feels right. It's, it's wonderful to, to feel like, um, I am at one with what I'm doing and who I am and what I represent. Um, and running as life kind of hits the mark. So, um, I hope you feel that I hope you're enjoying this podcast and getting a lot out of it. 
Um, I've got some great guests coming up. Um, I've put out a few different emails to various guests that are coming up. The next episode is episode 200. I cannot believe it's 200. Uh, it means, excuse me, we've gone 200 weeks uh, without missing one or having to repeat, which is incredible given the fact that I've been sick and vice versa and all good stuff. But um, just incredible. And I appreciate you guys being here every step of the way. Your support means the world. Um, as I said, you know, getting these questions means you're engaged and I love that. And I love the fact that you're asking questions and want to learn more and get better. That's what I hope this podcast to be is to communicate those items to you. So I really hope you're getting things out of this podcast. Um, as always, I want to thank my Patreon supporters. Um, it continues to help me to do this. Um, I, I really do appreciate that. If you can consider contributing at, at you know as little as a dollar a month, it really does go a long way to help me continue to do this because there are costs involved, and I really appreciate that support. Uh, if you can't, I totally understand. Uh, it's it you know we all have, especially this time of year, a lot of financial commitments. Uh, all I would ask you to do is to please share the podcast with somebody you think might benefit from it. Um, leave a review uh, or a rating. All of those things help you know people find this podcast. It is growing, and that's wonderful. Uh, you know, I, I I don't do this for monetary benefit. I don't do this for any other reason other than the fact that I want to get information out there and help you as runners to make yourselves the best people you can be. So I hope that comes across, and I want to, again thank you all for being a part of it. Um, until next time, my friends, keep moving forward. <laughs>